The king is owed something, right? And he's justified in telling the servant to pay up. And the punishment for not repaying those debts is harsh. And all the servant had to do was ask for forgiveness, right? And it was given to him. And the king didn't give him like a grace period or like a loan extension, you know, he didn't tell him to fill out a FAFSA form. He, the, the debt was just gone. He, he erased the debt, he forgot about it, and he changed the servant's status with him. He was no longer in debt. He was just a servant with no debt, no strings attached. Hello, and welcome to the FBC Sermon Podcast. Today's sermon is titled Becoming a Forgiving Servant by Pastor Chris Hort and was based on Matthew 18, 25 through 35. We hope you enjoyed today's sermon. I've been trying to make an active effort to stop complaining about the weather. And uh, I think this is a good weekend to do it because my parents live near Boston. So uh, (laughs) they got almost two feet of snow, I think. So Richard just read this uh, parable of the unforgiving servant for us. And um, I don't know about you, but I look at this parable and I'm angry. You know, the king, is he's owed this debt by his servant, right? And so he says, pay up. And the servant begs for forgiveness. And the king, he's generous. He says, fine, I'll forgive you for it. And then the servant immediately goes out and does the exact same thing to his own servant, right? And I think, I look at this and I think, like, what a blatant hypocrite this guy is. And so... What I want to tell you is how God showed me how I am not much different than this servant. And maybe you are not either. I don't know. Um, I was having a conversation with a good friend several years ago at this point, actually. It's been a while. And we were discussing some personal things. Um, I don't remember how it came up in conversation, but it led to me talking about my high school experience and how I did not have a very good time in high school. Um, I don't think high school is a great time for a lot of people, but... Uh, I was talking about how, you know, I felt like I didn't have friends. I was made fun of. I got called words that I won't say up here at the pulpit, you know. Um, and I just, I remember talking about how, like, I just have these terrible memories. I don't like to think about high school very much because it just brings me back to all those feelings that I had. And so I was telling her how I've actually never opened my high school yearbook since I graduated. Um, I graduated in 2009. <laughs> And so I've had this yearbook sitting on my shelf since then. And I, I don't know why, I almost felt like this was like a bragging point. Like, yeah, I'm so bitter about high school. I haven't even opened my yearbook, you know, <laughs> which is dumb. And she told me, she's like, she, she gave me this suggestion that I should open up this yearbook and I should go through it. And I should go through and look at each of the people that I graduated with. And I should, I should ask God to forgive each of these people. And I thought this was pretty weird and uncomfortable. Um, I've never heard of anybody doing that before. And so I, I just kind of like put it off. I was like, I don't, I don't know that I really feel the need or want to do that. Um, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And yet this, this thought never really left my mind. It kept coming back to me of maybe, that maybe there was some validity to that. And so I was having another conversation like I think last month, very recently, with another friend. And I brought up this yearbook thing. And uh, he kind of agreed that, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, actually. You should do that. 
And then he asked me this annoying question. And he said, so when are you going to do it? <laughs> and you need friends like that. <laughs> because that's, that's how you get things done. <laughs> and so I told him, you know, I guess I got some free time this weekend. And uh, um, I usually spend my Saturdays with my fiance, and she was going to be out of the house that day. So I was like, I don't really have an excuse. So, so I, I decided, okay, this weekend I'm going to set aside some time to do this. Oh, this isn't open. <laughs> and so, um, so I did it. I prayed to God to give me like the nerves to do it, to, you know, give me whatever I needed to get through this experience that I still felt was kind of weird and abnormal, you know. And so I took the yearbook off my shelf and I sat down and I finally opened it and I could like feel my heart racing and you know, I opened the first page and I started seeing the headshots of all these people I went to high school with. And like the, I was instantly taken back to those like hallways where I saw them passing me and those classrooms where they were making fun of me and the, the gym where I was never athletic. And so I was just made fun of for the entire gym period, you know, and all the feelings started coming back, the anxiety and the anger and like the loneliness and the hurt. Um, it was like, I remembered I had nobody to sit with at lunch. You know, I think once I ate my lunch in the bathroom and they would make fun of my clothes. Um, when I was in eighth grade, somebody threatened to fight me because I was wearing Velcro sneakers. <laughs> and I was just thinking like, oh, Velcro, that's easier than tying shoes. <laughs> but he just, they, they, this guy threatened to fight me over it. <clears throat> so, so like I, I started going through each page, <clears throat> excuse me, and I was looking at each of my classmates and I was just kind of bitterly reminiscing about all these things that happened <clears throat> and my interactions with them. And so one by one, I just started telling God, you know, I want to forgive this person. And I got, I started, just went page by page by page, said like, God, <clears throat> I forgive this person for what they said to me, for the way they made me feel. Um, <clears throat> I apologize. I promise I'm not sick. <clears throat> you have to clarify these days. Um, <clears throat> so I started going through this yearbook and I started doing this, but then something weird started happening where like I'd get to certain photos of people and I'd say, God, I, I don't actually remember interacting with this person. Um, like I don't, I don't remember anything they said to me, but I, I forgive them anyway. And there were other people where I was like, I don't even remember going to school with this person, um, but you know, I forgive them. And then like, I realized this was happening more and more as I went through the yearbook, where I was just like, I, I forgive this person, but I'm not really sure why. Um, you know, I, and I was genuinely unsure of whether or not some of these people actually did anything negative to me. Um, there were certain people where I was like, I remember you. I remember what you said. There was one guy who from third grade all the way to graduation was just, he wouldn't lay off me. I don't know why, but, but overall, I started realizing like, I don't know that any of these people actually hurt me. I don't know that any of these people even said anything to me most of the time or remember who I am. And so it started to dawn on me <laughs> that like, I, I did need to forgive a lot of these people, but I actually needed to be, I was the one that needed to be asking for forgiveness from God for holding this grudge against people since 2009 <laughs> for things that I don't even remember necessarily. Some of it I remember, but... I was holding this grudge against people and 
we're supposed to be forgiving, you know? God forgives us. I'm supposed to be forgiving. I've been holding this grudge since 2009. Um, so when I was in high school, um, my faith was still young and immature, and so was I. Um, and, but I still knew Jesus, you know, and I knew well enough to know that, like, I was saved. I'm going to heaven when I die, you know. It was very baseline faith in Jesus, but I did know Jesus. And so in my immaturity in faith, I didn't realize that even in my, even after graduating, I was being just like the servant that we were just hearing about in this parable, the servant that was going out and not forgiving other people, even though he had received so much forgiveness that he didn't deserve. And uh, by the way, we call this the parable of the unforgiving servant, right? Or unmerciful servant, but the, the king, or yeah, the king calls him a wicked servant. And I think unforgiving sounds nicer and maybe it's more palatable, but really it should be the parable of the wicked servant because that's, it's, it's pretty wicked to go out and do what he did. And so in this parable, the wicked servant, he throws his own servant in prison for not being able to pay him back, right? <clears throat> and uh, I've never thrown any of my classmates in a literal prison, though given the reputation of the Rockland High School class of 2009, I'm sure some of them are in prison right now. But <laughs> they were very happy when we graduated. But, <clears throat> but figuratively, I, I realized that that's exactly what I was doing by not forgiving these people, is I became a prison guard. I had these people, I had the, these perceptions of people locked up in my mind, and I never let them go because I was so afraid of confronting this hurt that they had caused me, this pain. And I never gave them a chance in my own head to age and grow up into adults that weren't, that weren't behaving like this. Um, I never gave them a chance to discover for themselves that they're just confused, hurting people like me that needed Jesus. And I, I had them locked up for so long that like, I couldn't even remember what most of them did. I just locked them up and threw away the key in my mind. <clears throat> and so... I made it through the whole yearbook eventually. Uh, I think this whole thing was like a three-hour process. I had a small graduating class. And uh, so I made it through the whole yearbook, and I was praying. And so I asked God this question that I felt was kind of weird, but I, I asked him anyway. And I asked God to be with me in the past. I asked him to be with me like in those hallways and in those classrooms. Um, and I figured, you know, we pray for God in the present to do things now, and we pray for God to do things in the future, and God is outside of time, so maybe he can, maybe he can do things in the past. I don't know. Um, and God is so cool, because he did. <laughs> he, started to, he started to rewrite those stories that I had written. He started, to show, he started to show me what had happened in high school through this other lens, like the lens of God. And it was so cool because I started looking through like the math club photos, you know, drama club, yearbook committee, soccer team, things like that. And I could feel like the anxiety and the anger just like coming off of me. Because um, I started to see for the first time in years that like these were just teenagers. <laughs> They're just trying to live their lives and figure things out and enjoy their time in high school. Like, like I'm sure so many of us did, you know? And even my own experience, I think about, I was just trying to figure things out. I was just driving around with my friends and playing the tuba, you know. <laughs> Maybe it didn't look like the soccer team, but. 
And I, I, when I read through like the yearbook quotes under people's headshots, I looked at it and like, they used to make me roll my eyes where I was like, you, I know you, you're, you're full of it, you know? But like, I started to see that like, these are just people who are trying to remember their time in high school. They're just trying to, they're just trying to like, remember their friends and reference an inside joke or two that they had, you know? They're trying to just be thankful for the time they had in high school. And there's this page in the yearbook where parents of graduating seniors could actually submit a childhood photo of their graduating kid. And they could write a message, like an encouraging message to their kid, like, I'm so proud of you, you know? I love you so much. And like, you've, you've grown so much. I'm so excited to see what you do with your life. And like, it just made me realize like these people that I've been resenting for years are real people with like families and parents and goals and ambitions, you know? <laughs> and like, who am I to just remember them as these jerks who, who made me feel bad? It's all about me, you know? <clears throat> and so today, I, I work with teenagers. It's in my job description, student ministry. And, and the more I started to release my high school classmates from this like mental prison I had created, the more I just started to see them as my own students today. Because what kind of minister would I be if I treated my own students this way? Like, what kind, of, what kind of minister would I be if I thought less of teenagers every time they made a mistake or made an inappropriate joke, you know? What kind of minister would I be if I was so hard on students that I can't look past their flaws and I just... I just identify them by the ways they've screwed up. That's not very godly. And a harsh truth that God revealed to me through all of this is, you know, if I knew Jesus in high school, which I did, unlike so many of my classmates um, who did not know Jesus, then why wasn't I being the light <laughs> at my school? You know, why wasn't I trying to show people the gospel and tell people the gospel? And why was my life in high school not indicative of the, the very real change that Jesus had on me? And uh, that's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> um, even though it's in the past, you know, that's still something I had to learn. Because that happens today, you know, in any situation. <laughs> so what happened during all this was kind of threefold. Um, first of all, I was finally able to forgive my classmates for either things that they did or supposedly did to me. Um, you know, I, they say that you don't always remember details, but you remember the way that you felt. And I remember feeling hurt. And I don't know if it was justified or not, but I forgive anybody who may have been a part of that, including myself. <laughs> um, and so it freed them from this mental prison, even though I'm sure none of them think about me today. You know, I wasn't close with very many of them. And so... The first thing that it did was it just, I, I was able to forgive them and let them go. And uh, the second thing it did was free me. It freed me from this bitterness that I'd been holding on to from past hurt. And it gave me freedom from allowing all of this hurt and pain and memory to have this control over my life. Because I didn't even realize it, but like, I was giving these people control in the past over the present. 
And so I could finally give this experience, this high school experience, my entire adolescence, I could finally give it to God and trust God with it, you know? I could finally, I can finally reminisce about high school and acknowledge that period of time in my life without the bitterness and anger setting back in. And it's still, it's still a work in progress, but it's, you know, I can finally open the yearbook again and think like, I remember that. I, I had a good time there. It wasn't all bad, you know? I enjoyed my history class. That person wasn't too bad. And uh, the third thing is that it reminded me that I'm not off the hook uh, when it comes to representing Jesus here on earth, no matter what the circumstance. Uh, just because I perceived myself to be the victim in this, in this situation does not mean that I get a free pass to not be more and more like Jesus. <laughs> um, you know, it didn't mean just because I'm unhappy and I feel like people are against me, that doesn't mean that I have the right to be unforgiving. Um, and again, I did it back then and I know I'm capable of doing it now. If I don't have my mindset on Jesus on the cross, if I forget what Jesus did for me, then I know right now <laughs> I can still be unforgiving. I can still do a bad job of showing people what kind of impact Jesus can make on your life. And so I just have one question today, and that question is, who do you need to forgive? And that sounds like a really simple question, you know? I thought it was a simple question. <laughs> um, but really think about it. Who do you need to forgive? And you should ask yourself this, but don't just ask yourself, because the heart is deceitful above all things. And your heart will tell you you don't need to forgive people, that you are owed forgiveness instead. So ask yourself, but also ask God, who do you need to forgive? Because I didn't realize I was holding anything against anybody. I didn't realize I needed to forgive anybody <laughs> or that I needed forgiveness. And more and more, God started showing me, you do, you, you're holding on to some unforgiveness. And what's important, too, is that relationships are a two-way street. <laughs> and so when you need to forgive somebody, oftentimes there's something you need to be forgiven for as well. I'm not saying that as a blanket statement. Like sometimes somebody is in the wrong period. But a lot of the time I need to forgive other people, but I'm also in the wrong. And this yearbook experience was definitely one of those times for me where I needed to forgive some people, but... I, I was definitely in need of some forgiveness as well, you know. Um, maybe you're holding anger against people without addressing it. Or maybe, I don't know, I don't know what your life is like, but there's a good chance that you also need to be forgive, forgiven for something. So this is your homework assignment. I'm giving you homework in church. Just ask God who you need to forgive. Ask God who you need to forgive, and then do something about it. That's the hard part. <laughs> because, so I'm turning 31 this week, and I've been holding up all of this pent-up anger for 13 years now. I've spent I've, over half my life like this. I think. The math right there? <laughs> close, close, <laughs> close to half my life. <laughs> I was a music major. <laughs> <laughs> So, 
Oh, that's awesome. So <laughs> I've spent almost half my life like this, right? And I didn't even realize it. And the worst thing about this, though, is this, this conversation that I originally had with my friend who told me I should go through my yearbook and do all this, that happened four years ago. Um, so God started bringing this to my attention four years ago. I think it's getting towards five years ago at this point. Um, and then I still didn't do anything about it. I let it fester inside of me and just like be on the back burner for four extra years that it didn't have to be. And that's, that's four years where I could have forgiven people, uh, four years where I could have experienced God's forgiveness in a new way, four years where God could have started healing those wounds that had been dealt to me. So if there's somebody you need to forgive, don't wait four years. And certainly don't wait 13 years to do it. Because unforgiveness will eat away at you like a disease. And, you know, there are a lot of diseases where, like, you don't even know you have it until it gets really bad. And I think unforgiveness can be like that. You don't even realize the toll it's taking on you. You don't realize how much control you're giving other people of your life by not forgiving them. <clears throat> and I know it's hard because you might not feel like that person deserves forgiveness, especially if they don't even acknowledge that they did anything wrong. That's, that's hard, you know? Um, and yet, God extended his forgiveness to us before we ever acknowledged we were in the wrong. And I also just want to emphasize something. The person you might need to forgive might be yourself. I, I hear about that a lot nowadays. Um, where people are harder on themselves than they are on other people. <laughs> so maybe you need to forgive somebody else, and maybe you need to forgive yourself for something you think you did wrong, because God's already forgiven you. And the brilliance of this parable that we've been reading, <clears throat> of the, the wicked unforgiving servant, the brilliance of it is that the king is owed something, right? And he's justified in telling the servant to pay up. And the punishment for not repaying those debts is harsh. And all the servant had to do was ask for forgiveness, right? And it was given to him. And the king didn't give him like a grace period or like a loan extension, you know. He didn't tell him to fill out a FAFSA form. The, the debt was just gone. He, he erased the debt, he forgot about it, and he changed the servant's status with him. He was no longer in debt. He was just a servant with no debt, no strings attached. And so I just want to conclude by praying that everybody here can experience God's forgiveness in a new way today. Uh, and first, I do just want to emphasize that God has forgiven you. No matter how grave your sins and no matter how far you've strayed from God, so I just, I implore you to accept that forgiveness and just run back to God because there's forgiveness that's already been given to you and God just wants us to take it and run back to him. And second, I hope that you can recognize people that you need to forgive, um, including and especially yourselves. So again, who do you need to forgive? Because when you forgive somebody, you're freeing them from condemnation. 
and you're freeing yourself from the hurt that that person has caused you. Really, God is the one freeing us more than anything. God is the one giving us that power. And forgiveness is not a transaction. It does not require that the other person acknowledge that they did anything wrong. It would be nice, but uh, that's not a guarantee. But forgiveness is agreeing to live with the consequences of somebody else's sin. And it's exactly this forgiveness that brings us back to God. It's It's what brought us back to God in the first place. Is God agreed to live with the consequences of our sin? That's what happened when Jesus died on the cross for us. And forgiveness is not just a recommendation either. It's a commandment. And somebody told me that God never commands us to do anything that we were going to do on our own. So I know it's hard to forgive people, and God knows it's hard to forgive people. And that's why he commands us to do it, because he knows we're not going to do it on our own. But Jesus also said that a servant is not greater than his master. And our master has forgiven us and has forgiven others. So don't be like the unforgiving servant and don't be a wicked servant. Be a forgiving servant. Let God give you the power to forgive. Because after all, he already used that power to forgive us. So who are we to hold out on sharing that forgiveness? pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray that everybody here today um, can experience your forgiveness in a new way. I thank you that you've extended your forgiveness to us. I thank you that you are willing to go to the cross for us so that we can be with you. And I just pray that you convict everybody here, including myself, uh, of who we need to forgive. I pray that you give us hearts of humility and forgiveness. I pray you give us the strength to forgive people, especially those that we don't want to forgive, especially those that we don't think deserve forgiveness. God, I just, I just pray that all of us can become forgiving servants. Uh, forgiveness is at the heart of your relationship with us, and it's at the heart of our faith. And so I just pray, change all of our hearts today. Uh, help us to represent you. Help us not to hold on to anger and bitterness. Help us not to look at the past and think about all the ways we've been hurt. But instead, help us to look at the past and see all the ways that you were at work (laughs) and see all the people that need you just as badly as we do. So God, I thank you. And I just pray that people can leave here taking time to think about you and who we need to forgive today. And I just pray you give us the power and the will to do it since we can't do it on our own. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you are interested in learning more about what we do here at FBC, please visit our website, fbcamers.org. Also, consider subscribing to this podcast so you can get a notification when our weekly sermons are posted. Again, thank you for listening to this podcast. Have a great day.